What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, uh, November 13th. You're listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And I did those backwards again because it's Monday, and why wouldn't I? Um, <clears throat> AI is about to completely change how you use computers. So says Bill Gates. And that's what this episode is all about, which is just sort of talking about this article. Now, we're not going to go through it line by line or anything like that, but we just thought it'd be fun. Carl, actually, you had this idea, and I thought it was a great at one, so we made it a show. Um, but we'll put up the uh, – it's actually a really short URL, which works well for our banners here. So one sec, create a banner, just in case anybody watching live wants to go check it out. That is the – that is the um, blog that we're going to be talking about today. And there's actually a lot of great stuff in there. And as you can see from the URL there, it's all really about agents. It says, you know, how we use computers can completely change. But really, the, the, the entire article is about this idea of agents. And so what might be the best way to kind of kick things off, and by the way, I want to tell who's here too, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, the best way to kick things off will probably be to just kind of describe what an agent is maybe we can use a little bit of bill's words in his in his blog and then also maybe add in some you know of our own opinions to it but before whoever's got that hold tight i want to make sure for all our listeners who aren't watching us on screen you know who's on the show today so we got junmi beth uh carl andy aaron i'm brian and the only one missing today is robert so we almost have the whole crew back uh today i think he might be back later in the week but um that's what you got on the show okay so Let's kind of kick things off here. Who wants to take either a stab of talking about what Bill Gates says an agent is or who wants to put their own spin on it? You, you know, I'll, I'll begin because there's a lot of people using agents to describe a lot of things. So we've heard agents, when I first heard of an agent, an agent is something that does things on your behalf. So, you know, the remember the little spell there of AI... <clears throat> auto GPT and those kind of agents that you think they were doing work for you, but they were only working with. <laughs> but 60% of the time. So that's like, whenever I hear agents, that's the first thing I think of is like, okay, what's this agent thing going to be thinking of? Yeah. Now what I'm hearing is people are using the term agents to replace chatbots. So now they're saying, oh, because I've heard a lot more um, companies saying, learn how to build these AI agents. And it's, it, it was, it's referred to as a chat bot, like originally. So I don't know if that's the, the new shift to agents. And it, I guess I can boil down what Bill Gates was talking about. For those who, and I was super, super young. I don't remember it, but I remember seeing pieces of it was Clippy. That's oh what he was my God, I knew you were going to say you were super, you're super young for that. God, Carl. <laughs> so, I was, so I was, I was super, super young. I barely remember. Oh, man. So Clippy, uh, for those who don't know what Clippy is, it's like the this thing that was apparently pop, pop onto your screen when you're using like Windows. Is that right? Uh, Windows? Word documents, spreadsheets. Word Excel. Yeah. Mainly Excel, I think I have. Yeah. So when it comes up, I, what does it do? Like, it tells it you says, stuff? It was just, it was just you're trying to create a document. <laughs> Would you like some help with this? Yeah, it exactly. It was, kind of <clears throat> it was a built-in oh. knowledge base. It was okay. what it was. And it could do really, it was really, I mean, we all made fun of it back then and they discontinued it, but really it was the one of the first probably public 
big iterations of a bot, really. It was yeah, just right. the helpful little pop-up on your window that was like, what are you trying to do? And it was like, oh, trying to save this document or whatever. And it was like, oh, I can help you out with that. You need to go here, here, and here. So it was just yeah. a little so like the, basic knowledge. Clippy, in my mind, is a class of context-sensitive help, right? So, so if you're on an application, it's just context-sensitive. Agents are very different. Okay. Agency in the in the general term, like if you have agency, it means you have the ability to act on your own will. So an ape right. is going to be taking actions on, driven by its own intentions or intentions you've given it to try to achieve some kind of assistance to you. And to get that done, agency requires one, that it be empowered to take actions for you. And most importantly, in my view, it has to have persistent memory and co continuity beyond a single session. Because what we're experiencing right. now with chatbots is session bound. Like it's only in the thread that I'm in right now, <clears throat> including the new GPTs. Well, you, you can get GPTs to take actions. That's a capability that they've added to it. So it's approximating agency. But mm -hmm. it's not an agent assistant like uh, Bill yep. is describing in his article because it doesn't remember anything the next time you come into the chat. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like it's like hiring a PA or a VA who works for you 24-7, 365, has a perfect memory and does everything for you. So you say, right. um, excuse me, Mr. or Mrs. BA, can you book me a ticket on, um, find me a, an airline ticket from Perth to Sydney to <clears> Los Angeles. I want to fly on these dates. I want this type of seat. I want to go to this hotel, go out and do all the work. And it'll do all of that for you in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Yeah, I, I would I would describe it if, if I was trying to, you know, uh, break it down as simple as possible. I'd say um, the main difference, you have bots and you have agents. Uh, bots are reactive, agents are proactive, right? Mm -hmm. So you have your your overall goal, whatever that is. So if we use, for example, education, right? A bot, you talk to the bot or you communicate with the bot and it spits out answers for you, it spits out questions for you. And that's kind of where the majority of things are. Agents, on the other hand, would be proactive. If the overall goal is that you're educated on a particular subject, an agent would create a uh, a system for you, a, a learning system for you, for your particular needs to teach you that subject. And that could come from some uh, initial testing or assessment, but it would do all of these things, taking all of these steps in a proactive nature to build out what your uh, what your education plan is or what your lesson plan is. And that, that I think is, is for me, that's the easiest way to keep it in my mind is a bot may have access to a bunch of information, but it's reactive to what you're trying to feed into it. And that's kind of how we've set up chat bots and things like that. So, so let's wanna... give a good example of that. We have Comigo, which Khan Academy built, and that's a, that's a bot, right? That's a really good bot but it's um, reactive to the student or the, the um, parent or the teacher typing in and saying, I'm struggling in math. You know, can you help me? He gives good examples in there of like, I really like Minecraft. Um, can you explain this to me in a way that I would understand using Minecraft type analogies? And it will, it will absolutely do that. The difference I see from 
where that is and a commigo and having to type in to do that in an agent is an agent. Now we can suspend the conversation here for a second on privacy laws and all that, but an, an agent, depending on how much access you allow it to have to your personal information may also know that that child who's struggling has a late night soccer game. That's going to be on Thursday night. An agent may know um, what other subjects and what other um, homework is coming up in all the yeah. other subjects going on at that time. And an agent to your point, Jimmy proactively, may decide may determine and say listen you're you're this is a problem right now but i'm already looking into the future and i'm already rearranging and helping you with your schedule to ensure that you get the best outcome with your math because you don't just have math problems you have life things happening while math problems are happening like all students everywhere so i'm a i'm an agent for you and now i'm sitting alongside this this child virtually and to the help of the parent and saying, I'm going to proactively schedule out forward. Big difference. And to your point, Andy, I think one of the things you said is not only is it confined with as far as memory or whatever, but bots don't typically go beyond the software. They're, they're sort of linked in with the software. An agent would span across multiple softwares. To your point, Aaron, it would be able to maybe go make those hotel reservations and those travel reservations and, and restaurant reservations, as well as excursions or something like that. And that might be six different places in our current, you know, our current view of how you would do that. An agent would be able to go across all of them and know your, your, um, your preferences along the way. So, so just is, sort of bringing this up. This is a place where I think the clippy lesson needs to come in and we're not really talking about it. When, when agents are proactive and they're acting on your behalf, but on their own initiative, they're also acting on their own time. So in the article, Bill Gates suggests that we'll be uh, interacting with the agents in the earbuds. One of the things that was awful about Clippy was that it showed up and it made you pay attention to it before you could continue your task. Right. So it took the focus, it took the cursor. You had to say, go away. Yeah. Before you could come back to your task. Isn't, like an, isn't that an ad? That is an ad. Yes. <laughs> it's all of those things. Yes. <laughs> but imagine, imagine your, like when you see an ad, you've taken some sort of initiation to like, yeah. you've done something, but now yeah. there needs to be like a, knock knock is this a good time <laughs> to update you on the actions i've taken on your behalf or something like that and i haven't heard anyone talking about that and for me that was the biggest clippy killer yeah and by the way i don't want to walk around with earbuds in i can't stand earbuds so if that's where we're going with this and that's the only way it's going to work i'm out <laughs> i don't want to wear earbuds like, and he, he brought it up like i think that's the way it's going to work and i was like ah that's a killer for me <laughs> <laughs> that little thing that we saw last week, it was the little yeah. thing. AI pin. That's right. Yeah, AI gonna pin is going to solve yeah. your problem, Brian. You don't have to yeah. have earbuds. It's there. It's and it has, the it has a personal oh, bubble of sound. <laughs> <in your laughs> yeah. What is that from? Awesome Powers, the cone, when he tells them to get in like, the cone of silence or the cone silence, of whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that's it. Everybody will have their personal bubble, and then somebody else will be like, you know, I can hear your bubble, right? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I thought I had it turned in. <laughs> no, no, you have it set on 10 feet diameter. You're supposed to have it only right. on a 10-inch diameter. <laughs> oh. I mean, not to diverge too much, but have you tried the 
the the the bone inducers uh, instead no, of the I earbuds. Share. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. that Ooh. stuff's pretty cool, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about that. But that I so yeah, we'll pair those with agents, and then we won't have to wear <laughs> the earbuds. That's I agree. So I want to jump in and maybe just talk a bit about some of the items in the article because there were lots of things that came up for me, and we've talked about a lot of this stuff before. So Gates talked about things like you'll have an agent that you can go to for healthcare; uh, they'll be able to you know. Diagnose problems, assist with your medical issues, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, he, he made the comment that half of all US military veterans who need mental health care aren't getting it. So, mm. in the future, you know, like, was it pie? I think it is, you know, the super pie for people with mental health issues could be the tool that allows um, countries to give, you know, high quality mental health care to a lot of people that we don't have now. So, that's a cool thing. He talked about education, which we've um, discussed before, having AI in education and how it could be customising the education experience, whether it's a child at school or a university student or whatever, you know, adapting to your learning style and your preferences. Productivity was really interesting because at the moment, computers as we use them, they usually they have a, an operating system like Windows or Mac OS. And then we have all these applications on like Microsoft Word or Chrome browser or Outlook email or Slack, for example. A lot of that stuff will probably go away or just become all part of one central agent. And Gates actually says that um, you know, the whole idea of this agent will become a new platform for a lot of stuff. So be a really interesting world for people who develop software, for example, in the current model that we have where we're building an application. So, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. And then like entertainment shopping. So that's going to be, like we talked about that, booking an airline ticket or buying tickets to the movies or whatever. So That assumes people are being paid quick. and have money, <laughs> which is not a given yeah. in our future. Right. Well, <laughs> so just before we came online, Junmi and I were briefly talking about that, and I said to him that I had this conversation with someone last week, and I said, at some point, if AI does what I think and what a lot of people think, there's going to be a lot of people that are out of jobs and they're going to struggle to find employment. And we've got, I see it, we've got two paths. Path A is that the world says, hey, if you're broke and you've got no money, that's your problem, deal with it, in which case we'll end up with a, a pretty nasty society. The other half is to go down the the path of saying, okay, as individual economies like Australia or the US or the UK, we have a lot of money in the economy and we could potentially use that money to be more helpful, making sure that every single person gets housing, food, education, healthcare, that kind of stuff. There's a, there's a topic in Wikipedia called the post-scarcity economy. It's a theoretical economic situation in which most goods can be produced in great abundance with minimum human labor evolved so they can become available to everyone cheaply or even free. So that is a potential pathway you have to go down or at least a universal basic income. I think that will freak a lot of people out, but I think that's... Well, if, Robert, if Robert were here, we'd definitely hear a pushback right now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> He has come out in favor of universal basic income. In oh, has he? Wow. Okay, good. I, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. I I remember uh, it because I was surprised. On, on Robert's side, it's 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 more of a, a realization or a necessity, not not yeah. approval. <laughs> so right, 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 right. 
I mean, the, um, the more we automate stuff and the production of products and the provision of services, the, the potentially the cheaper it becomes to give it to everybody. So, you know, there, there is a, a potential path there, I think. I think we, well, I like what you were saying about, um, because I clued into on the on the part you were going back a little bit about healthcare and mental health, and um, I don't know where that's going. I, I, there's definitely some concerns, and I'll, I'll get to the concern here in a second. But I do see the value. We already have like quiet rooms for people or children, maybe who have like autism and need a quiet space to remove themselves from some, you know. The, the buzzing of the world and things like that. Um, I have a family member that um, will probably live with anxiety their whole life. And that will be something that they, they have to work through. And so he even mentioned with the idea of like, um, like through an Apple watch, if you had given it access, that it might be able to detect increases in heart rate and stuff, or yeah. even perspiration in the case of my uh, family member. Um, a telltale sign is cracking of the knuckles. Right for 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 my for my family uh, member, and um, so if we see that, we know, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we know where this is going. The, the rocket ship is now leaving the pad. Uh, it's not before the pad; it's leaving the pad, and we have a different situation. But yeah. I know, I know there are many, many, many indicators that are happening prior to the rocket leaving the pad that right. could potentially take us off path and put us on a safer route. So what yeah. if these types of agents were there and were able to be helpful and sent you a notice that said, hey, you're on this public bus or whatever, and indicators are showing that levels are rising. At the next stop, there's a such and such place, you know, it's a it's a it's the future Starbucks, and they have an actual quiet room. They actually have a place. It's a great place to step off and reset if you need to. Uh, that's amazing. And if it continues to go, hey, I've already checked the um, calendar of, you know, your therapist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to schedule time? They have time tomorrow. Things like this, I think, would be truly amazing and probably could help a lot with things like mental health as well as others. And I'm sure I'm just scratching the surface. The mm-hmm. obviously the other side of it, when I wish Robert was here for as well, is the, the privacy size and who has access. Does the government have access? If you're incarcerated and you come out, does the government now have access to things that you would prefer them not having access to your agents because you were prior criminal? Maybe you're reformed, maybe whatever. Now, does the government have access to things when you didn't have your rights or do they have access to your agents when you were incarcerated? Like things like this become really, really tricky because now it goes from, Oh, I'm helping this adult child or whatever, get off the bus and get to a safe space. So they and truly help them in a mental crisis at that point to tracking and monitoring and watching where people are. And of course, like anybody that freaks me out. So I don't know how we're going to get past this idea because the way that agent could be truly the most helpful is by knowing the most information. And the scariest part about all this is if it knows the most information across softwares, apps, and different parts of your life, like Bill Gates brings up, like, do you want it? Do you want it saying when somebody says uh, they're not available? Do you want that response to be, no, they're not. The other agent says, no, they're not available because they hosted a party with all of your other friends and you're not invited. Like, or do you want it to take a more nuanced approach to that? You know, so it's tricky. How do you, how do you make an agent as, as powerful as we know it will be able to be in the future 
without giving up so many rights and what happens if that's accessed or hacked or otherwise. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right. Um, and that's one of the things uh, I was actually talking to Aaron about uh, before the show is, uh, and this is probably not the, the purpose of the article, but uh, I like to see when they have, when, when you talk about X, Y, or Z, if there's a problem or potential issues that you provide some sort of path or uh, thinking process or you know solution or something like that. I didn't see too much of that, just notify, just noticing that there would be potential issues. Now to, to go to what you're saying, Brian, uh, I, I totally agree. I think data privacy is going to be even much more of a hot button issue, um, especially with uh, all of the interconnects your agents, other people's agents, if they talk to each other, like your example with using uh, the healthcare agent to uh, access the therapist's uh, uh, schedule. I mean, that's a that's an interconnect already. You know, those kinds of things just expand beyond that point. There's going to just be so many different uh, points of interaction. You have to be really, really careful and notice. And when you build build these systems, you have to make sure that that data, especially like HIPAA data, PII, all those kinds of things, and with children, COPA, you know, making sure all of these, these uh, uh, protections and, you know, privacy of data is adhered to, which will just become more mm. and more of an issue. And so to provide a potential uh, uh, path, I think we have to approach how data is interpreted at a base level. So that might require certain legislation to say, data is inherent to you, right? Mm. Any data points that are created by you or through your interaction are yours and follows under PII and therefore under the protections and therefore you have to have all of those different um, you know, security steps and things like that. So that data isn't accessed beyond your knowledge. And, and this all has to deal with informed consent and who you want to share your data with and, and all those kinds of things. Now, I suspect there's going to be a lot of trips and falls along this path to get there. Um, there's going to be camps and factions that are just be like, no, just to share it all and we'll just keep it all in our cloud. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not a proponent of that. But, you know, and then I mean, having at, companies, and then the, we have to trust the companies to, with our information too, right? All the big data companies, Google, Microsoft, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, so there's, the, I agree with you completely. There is a lot of things that we can do, but I think approaching it from data and identifying data on a certain level in association uh, with people is, is probably where we need to make uh, certain changes. So in the U.S., there's an inherent tension in that, <clears throat> in that the people who are making the laws, the people who are talking to the people who are making the laws, the people who are making the ethical decisions in the corporation all benefit from having more data about us than less. Yeah. So the yeah. only people who are interested in having more privacy not like as a slogan that I can sell, but actual more, I own my data, I get to choose. In the US are the people with the least amount of power in the conversation. That's true. Now we're benefiting from the fact that other 
uh, countries uh, are like better about it. So if you're an international company, we also get the like, hey, these are the cookies. Uh, you know, what do you want to choose? Not because the U.S. has said you have to do that, but because the uh, European Union has said you have to do that. <laughs> All right, I'm jumping in. I'd like to yeah. say a couple of things here. One is this is this uh, this whole this part of the discussion is related to something that Bill Gates said in the article, which is he doesn't think that these AI services are likely to be free. Now, there's never any free service, right? And today, right. a lot of data is collected about you for free, <laughs> and you get free services, but basically they're accumulating advertising targeted uh, information about you and they're getting paid by someone else to sell you things. So an agent that's actually acting in your personal interest can't be in that model. It can't be the one that is being ad supported. It can't be free. Yep. So it's got to be paid in some way. And this goes back to a, a, a thread about universal basic income. Should it be that there is a public option in effect where there is a, a, a dramatically personalized and private uh, a application for people who want this kind of assistance, who ought to be able to take to achieve the benefits of this kind of agency using AI, but is it doesn't cost you anything. It's built into your UBI. Mm. So that's an interesting point. I, but I think that the architecture of privacy control and ensuring that the agent is going to act in your behalf and only in your behalf is going to be one of the key features of some of the paid services out there. For example, I might guess that if Pi ends up being action-oriented and full of agency, that's kind of a noble enterprise that Suleiman is, is pursuing. And maybe that one will be not so expensive and still very much guarding your privacy. Hmm. I imagine the joys of having Facebook ads popping up everywhere for the rest yeah. of your life, just so you can have their AI for free. I mean, it's bad enough. It's, it's just the Facebook advertiser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the idea of um, I can help you with that in a in a necessary situation, but before we get to your first. problem, we just have this really quick 30-second ad to tell you about. But, like, but I need the help. I need agency. I need it now. But we're, no problem. Uh, as soon as you hear a word from our sponsor, um, who happens to be on the same street that you're on, and it's a highly targeted <laughs> ad because we know where you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do, I do uh, worry about that when it comes to like the geolocation stuff. Um, we do have a comment from Greg. I want to bring it up really quick. Greg said, uh, some can't be controlled by that. Some can't be controlled by that. The therapist schedule will be able to log the call from your agent and alert the agent, even with your privacy protected, for example. I'm not sure. Uh, do you guys know what Greg means by some can't be controlled by that? It, you know, he might have just been commenting back at a previous part. Sometimes we catch the comments a little later. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I think, yeah, I, I think Greg might be talking about um, when I was mentioning the um, the therapist schedule. Uh, it. In, in terms of privacy, I think what he's pointing mm -hmm. out is even though your personal information uh, is privacy is protected because your agent is just making a call to it. Right. Because the therapist's agent or the, the therapist side of things knows who's contacting them. Right. Even though technically it could be anonymous, it's like, mm -hmm. well, I know who my clients are. 
and I know what they're really trying to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we only got like a two like two minutes here left. Um, just you know, Bill Gates' whole point to this thing was you know he talks about agents, but again, we'll bring it back to the topic, the the uh, the title. <clears throat> AI is about to completely change how you use computers, and then he he goes more specifically and he says, in the next five years, in the next five years, this will change completely. You won't have to use different apps for different tasks. You'll simply tell your device in everyday language what you want to do. Okay, so let's just pause right there. Um, yeah. Greg said exactly, by the way. So nice, nice job, Jimmy. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> thanks, Greg. Um, so let's just talk about that as we wrap up here. Uh, next five years, you know, even Bill Gates says, look, I don't think these like super agents, we can, it's fun to think about, but he's not saying they're going to be there in the next five years. So what is business or life like in the next five years in terms of software? What, where do you guys feel? Are you, do you believe Bill's kind of nailed it, or do you have some other ideas? Let's just kind of run around the room real quick. Just in the marketing world alone, I can see some huge changes coming. Um, you know, AI is ideally suited for a lot of this sort of stuff. Even if it's just, hey, I want you to be my um, content creation person, you're going to research topics, write scripts, create videos, publish them for me, monitor and respond to comments. I don't have to do it. That alone, if I, had, I could sell that service now, I could charge a fortune for it, but it'll be readily available, I reckon, in a couple of years. And that's yep. just a simple one. I'm already doing small, tiny experiments with it at the moment. So I yeah. think he's pretty spot on. I think sooner than next five years, he may be talking about um, overall adoption, which I can see taking mm. about five years. Yeah. And the takeaway, and you hear us say this all the time, so uh, this is a repeat, but it's a good repeat. Think in terms of systems. Because mm -hmm. if you are going to interact with an agent who is going to act on your behalf and make their own path for that, you want to have some sense of the steps you wanted to be taken. Mm -hmm. So that if something goes wrong, you have some sense of uh, where you can audit that because mm -hmm. uh, you're not actually likely to be able to audit it. I mean, right now you can have uh, ChatGPT go and analyze stuff. There's a little way analyzing, analyzing, and you can click that. You can see a bunch of code so you can audit it, but not necessarily in a way that everybody is familiar with. So system, think systems. Right. Uh, I, I'd like to focus on uh, the positive uh, side of things that he was talking about in the article, uh, and that's the democratizing uh, side of uh, AI. I I really uh, like to focus uh, on the 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 things that AI can do to help people lower barriers, get the help that they need. Uh, yep have access to things that they normally wouldn't. And he makes a few, you know, uh, a few examples. Like normally take a, a math tutor, right? Uh, if you if you had to set up uh, a math tutor or a total service or anything like that, especially from uh, if, if you, uh, if that process is too expensive for you, or, you know, you come in from, you have a, a low income, uh, uh, family and, and those kinds of things, they will, that family would have a harder time accessing those kinds of resources. That's why there's all of these other programs, after school programs, free tutoring services, and things like that. And this is just along those lines. 
this is just one that can be automated. This is just one that can be accessed from uh, from multiple, uh, you know, sources, different, you know, your computer access, internet access, things like that. So it's, I, I think it's one of those kinds of things. So whether it be education, tutoring, you know, uh, healthcare, getting some basic information to help you uh, achieve better or, you know, you're more productive or you're just healthier because you don't have access to those services. You can't afford those services. So that's, those are the kinds of things that I, I'd like to focus on. And I think that was, that was one of the key takeaways that I got from the article. Nice. <clears throat> For me, when I'm looking at things today where we're seeing you've got your GPTs, you've got things like ADEPT where it's, you know, you put in the program and it does its search on the web for you or something similar to Hyperwrite. It's getting close. It's not 100%. It's not there yet, but you can see it. But I think the next, I would say, I don't know, six months is pretty important to see where that goes because <clears throat> while we're all excited, while we're all paying attention, the general population is not. And just regular everyday folks, how are they seeing this and how are they adapting to this? Or how are they like, is this something that they're going to start playing with? And I just look at like people like two, two ends of the spectrum, my dad and then my brother who's younger than me. So my brother is he, I don't think he's paying too much attention to this. He's got his own thing going. And then my dad, he's about to retire not paying attention to it either so two groups of people were not paying attention to it so mm. i'm just trying to i'm trying to gauge where is it in in the i guess in the knowledge sphere of everybody else who's looking at this and is this something even in the horizon mm. yeah yeah that's a good point i i liked uh yeah, uh phrasing uh reactive versus proactive to capture the progression towards agency uh, and I think that um, right now we're still in a very uh, prompt-oriented, you know, AI reactive model. Um, but I think what's going to happen very quickly in the course of two or three years, you're going to start to see that that flip, so that it's going to be more about active elicitation of what you want from your personal assistant. And they're going to do exploratory inter interrogation of you, uh, not, not the mean kind of interrogation, but a very friendly kind of interrogation. Uh, and, and at your, you know, at your command, you know, you can say, hey, stop, I'm, I'm not interested in talking about that right now. But it will, it will persist and, and collect as much information as it can to achieve your objectives. That is the proactive communication from the agents that I think we don't see today. We see glimpses of it a little bit in the willingness of Pi, for example, to keep the conversation going by asking you yet another question, but it, that's more free form. It's not action oriented. And so um, that's that's the proactive future. I think it's gonna come in a few years. Um, I'll just, I'll keep on really short because then we're all over on time. Um, next five years. Uh, Sam Altman hint, hinted at it last week on, on the dev day that he just felt like custom GPTs 
were a stepping stone on the path towards agents. And I believe that. I think we'll continue to see new new iterations and new things that things like custom GPTs can do. But I don't think it'll just stay at the desk. If I really had to think about the next five years, I think about things like wearables. Like I don't have it. I just have a wedding ring. But if this wedding ring was like an aura ring and it can do some of the things where it can it can sense things around my environment. I, I see in the next five years a detachment from the desk, from the computer, from having to sit somewhere specifically in order to get work done. And as we move towards that idea of you know more helpful agents, I think one of the ways of collecting data about you personally will probably come in the form of the watches, the pins, the the in and bone, you know, the earbuds, the the wearables, uh, your right. phone. I think. I, I remember my buddy pulling out an iPhone out of his pocket for the very first time and saying, I have an iPhone. And we were like, what? Get, you know, and people still were like, people were like, yeah, but my flip phone is just fine until mm -hmm. an iPhone started doing the things that people really wanted it to do. Dude, and that's yeah. where the adoption took off. So I think that's really what this is going to be is it's going to, it's going to fold into our phones. Um, Siri and things like this are going to get very good at being more towards proactive and I just see that continuing on that path over the next five years. How fast? I don't know, because I couldn't have predicted last November what in the hell just happened in this last 12 months. <laughs> so God knows I don't have any, I shouldn't be guessing about anything that's coming in the next 12 uh, based on the previous, but it definitely seems like we're on that rocket ship. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting, but. Um, go check out the article if you haven't, you know, all this, if you came in a little bit later on this, um, all this uh, session we were talking about, gatenotes.com forward slash AI dash agents. It's Bill Gates blog though. So it's pretty easy to go get. It's uh, all about, you know, how AI is going to change how we use computers in the next five years. Um, tomorrow, mm -hmm. sort of on a similar path, continuing to talk about uh, custom GPTs, but even more so than just talking about custom GPTs, which is proving to be more and more powerful. I know Carl and I have been working a lot with them lately and putting out videos and stuff. But even more than that, I have this idea of, you know, multitasking as a, as a, as a thing basically fails. I don't think people really can multitask per se. I think they like to say they are. But as I was using ChatGPT or G a custom GPT and I had it running on this screen, actively doing things for me that I needed mm -hmm. done. And I was on this screen and I was working. I was like, am I multitasking with custom GPTs right now? Is this actual multitasking? Because my attention is only <laughs> here. But my custom GPT is doing work I need done over here too. And so yeah. that's the topic for tomorrow is custom GPTs the solution to multitasking. So that's yeah. what we got coming up, guys. We'll see you back tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, this has been a fun one. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. Bye. Oh, wow. Bye.